Okay, welcome one and all to another episode of We The Scenario. I'm your host, Maggie B, and today we have three very special guests for you, Fahim Reese, Dante Gaines, and Patrick Scott. They are the founders of 100 Years Enterprise LLC, a podcast that's used to talk to the youth and people of the communities on what is to be what it is to be long-term offenders or youth offenders and what it takes to acclimate back to society. Their mission is to spread their wisdom and knowledge to youth that may be dealing with mental health issues or facing challenges that they themselves have faced in the past. So thank you all so much for joining us and everyone please join me in extending a very warm welcome to our guests this morning. So to get started, um, I just want to have us go around um, and have you all introduce yourselves by telling us a little bit about yourselves, what you do, and then what inspired you to join us on today's show. So let's get started with Patrick Scott. Hello, my name is Patrick Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, um, one of the members, one of the three members of uh, 100 Years Enterprise, which is the podcast we're speaking of, as well as the enterprise. Uh, I'm a long-term offender. You know, I just got out April 18th after serving 30 years in prison. Uh, collectively, me, uh, Lejean Reese, aka Fahim, uh, Dante, aka um, <laughs> Excuse me, ladies. AKA Dante. And uh, I want to just say that we collectively came together after serving long term in prison. And we got out and we came together collectively and formulated the 100 Years Enterprise, through, uh, which is a 100 Years podcast. And we talk about reacclimating back in society, you know, what that really entails for us being long term offenders, going in as youth offenders, coming out as you know, I fairly say young men, I want to say young men, but we came out particularly at age, late 40s, 50 years of age. Um, to make it real brief, um, we're talking about youth offending and mental health. Uh, what it really is for us, you know, serving so much time, collectively 100 years in prison, and what that was like, and, and the trials and tribulations of what it really is to educate ourselves, to understand our society that we was living in, getting out, and how we will fit in you know, through acclimation. So uh, that process is something that we want to impart on the youth as well as, you know, uh, adults that is trying to figure out this thing, why we do what we do as young offenders commit crime, you know, all the way from petty theft to, you know, murder, which in, in our situation, we was in long term for that. But um, my struggle is, or should I say my journey is more so looking at the positive things of how my is my life is today, and what I need to do to improve with myself, my family, and my community. So uh, I also created another business, uh, which is called Dorothy uh, org or Dorothy Incorporated, and that's the acronym for Defenders of Real True Helping Youth. And it's my uh, business where I'm gonna start consultation about returning citizens, helping them reacclimate in terms of what they actually need and what the challenges are, not just to those returning citizens, but to their families uh, that is bringing us, you know, and housing us in their homes in terms of what it really is to deal with somebody in our situation because we come with a lot of baggage in terms of psychological baggage of being incarcerated so long, so long period of time and how to adjust and the patient that it will take for someone who is dealing with one of us uh, in terms of 
our growth and development, how we were acclimated back in society. So uh, I'm starting off with a book. I'm starting off with public speaking. I'm doing consultation. Uh, it's coming soon. Uh, so that's my uh, way of giving back, trying to help those up that come before me and coming after me that's coming back out here and trying to reacclimate back to society in a nutshell. So uh, that's my introduction. And I thank you for listening to me and giving me the time of day to speak about it. I'll pass. I'll pass the mic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick. I really appreciate that. Um, wow. So already the first of our guests um, really touting some great work. Um, so let's move on to um, Lajon. Do you prefer Lajon or Fahim? Both. Okay. Both. And, I, and, I, and, and I will explain both names in my introduction too. Awesome. All right. Good morning, everyone. Yes, my name is Lejean Reese. I was born Lejean Reese um, and from born and raised in Richmond, California. And in brief, at age 17, uh, I caught a murder. No, it was arrested November 24th, 1987. Yes, I am a long-term offender. I ended up doing 30 years and 10 months. I was finally released in September the 13th, 2018. Uh, it was a humbling experience. In 1992, I accepted Islam you know, made my uh, spiritual transformation. And that's when I changed my name legally to Fahim Al-Qadir. Fahim means um, intelligent learner, one who's understanding. And so with that name, I try to live up to that name, carry that name to my grave. So when I came home, just about my name right now, uh, going to the DMV, and this is one of the things what's important for us to understand about acclimating or reacclimating back to a society because when I came home, when I went to the DMV, I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have an ID, driver's license. I didn't have a social security number as well as a birth certificate. So when I went to apply for just an ID, they went in the computer, they said, hold on, we don't have a Fahim in the system. Well, as Lejean Reese, I have my CDC ID. Upon the question of the ID, they so when I was released, they said, Use this ID, this will help you. Little did I know it didn't help me at all. And so basically, they told me, They said, Listen, you are you consider an unknown because we don't have you in our system. I went to the social security building, they didn't have any system. So I was able to, to get a letter from the transitional home when I was released. I went to a transitional home called um, Volunteers of America in downtown Oakland between um, Jefferson and Martin Luther King. So I was down there and they, and they helped me a lot, you know, for my six months transition back into society. And so I used that opportunity in the letter to get my birth certificate. So once I got my birth certificate, I had to go back, you know, to the um, social security building to get my ID card. The guy said, okay, this is who you are now. He asked me a lot of questions about my mother and my father. I had to answer everything correctly. Then I finally uh, was able to go to DMV and get my ID. That took about a month and a half, almost two months, me going around being an unknown. And so being an unknown was very challenging because people were asking my name, but my one car said this, but I know who I am, right? And so. And that was just in the gist of that. But growing up behind the walls of confinement, it was very challenging, but the experience was great. And this is why my experience was great, because I had a chance to go in as a youth 
and to get rid of my destructive characteristics, but I had to find out what destructive traits I had and we and replace those with praiseworthy characteristics. So I can come out, so I can go in one way and come out another way. And I knew if I didn't change my thinking, change my process of understanding who I was, then I will come back out just the same person as I went in, just older. And that's a lot of the struggles what we see today, people coming out um, and having changed just, just say 75% because we see what's going on now. And so being a long-term offender, one has to be able to come out and say, hey, I was once here, now I'm here, and this is what I'm going to do with the time I have left on this earth. And that's what we're doing with the podcast. We're using that um, to share our experiences, to share our deep insights and understanding of what it means to change our life, what it means to grow up, what it means to become humble, what it means to become God-fearing men, what it means to love ourselves. Because if we can't love ourselves, we can't love anyone else. So I'll just stop right there and let uh, the next person move up. Thank you so much. Yes, definitely. We want to get into all those topics that you just mentioned. Yes. Um, first, let's um, have our last guest introduce themselves. Um, Dante, go ahead. Oh, you're still on mute. There what you go. about now? That's perfect. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Dante Gaines uh, from Whiskey, California. Uh, my story is, is pretty unique. I became a trouble kid, I guess, at the age of 13. I caught a murder case at the age of 17. Spent over half of my life in prison. Uh, it starts with my destructive trait. That's what it starts with. Because things that I did growing up, I didn't have to do because I come from a good, good home, good family. Uh, but I felt that people outside of my home, I wanted to stimulate them. You know, the temple players and the hustlers, you know, and all these different characters. You know, so that would led me to a destructive place, you know, in my life. And I spent, like I said, I spent 29 and a half years in prison. It was a, it was it was a difficult challenge, you know, but it was a good challenge. I mean, because I grew up and I learned who I was as an individual. Because growing up in Richmond, I was lost. I didn't know, you know, what direction I was going in. Uh, I didn't care about anything. I, I was very disrespectful, uh, you know, just all around, you know. So when I found myself in finding myself, I told myself if I ever I want to be able to talk to these youth because in today's society right now, they're acting up just like I was acting. And whatever, you know, positive information or positive guidance I can give them, uh, collectively with me, by him, and uh, Amber, that's what, you know, we are here to do. Because our youth today is so much out of control. And like I said, they remind me of me, you know, growing up. And, you know, very important, and that's my passion, you know, to be, you know, the youth, and not just the youth, I mean the parents, from the start at home. You know, so, so if we can, can tackle this issue, we'd we, we doing good. You know, we're doing real good. I appreciate you having me on today. 
Thank you so much. And thank you again to all three of you for taking the time to speak with us today and showing your strength through vulnerability in sharing these life experiences that you've had. Um, so I want to move on to uh, a follow up with Fahim. So how do some people go to prison and not rehabilitate? And what, ex what was the experience that allowed you to rehabilitate instead of coming home with the exact same mindset that you had when you went in? Uh, I believe in order to rehabilitate, it start, you have to have a positive. First, you have to recognize the negatives about yourself. You have to be truthful and understand about who you are. You have to seek uh, inner peace, first of all, because I, I was a man, a person, a young boy who didn't have peace. So once I saw peace within myself, once I was able to understand who I was, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I started reading books. I started reading more. I started educating myself. I started reading. And in introspect, as, as just looking into myself, I had to look at my heart. I had a very diseased heart. I had all type of destructive traits from anger, hatred, deceit, envy, jealousy, rancor. So all, so all those negative traits on my heart, they tainted my heart bad. So slowly but surely, I had to erase those negative traits. So once I started erasing those negative traits about myself, what was staying in my heart, I started replacing them um, with everything that was positive. Love, joy, uh, instead of false hope, I had good hope. Uh, and so when I began praying, when I began just busting my head on the ground and believing in, in a power greater than myself, no, no matter who we pray to, whatever we believe in, I had to find something that was greater than myself. So once I start, so once I found that higher being, that higher power, it started to help me to move forward. And I believe a lot of people who don't come out, I mean, who do come out, but hasn't made that change, then they have continued along that negative path and during, during their incarceration, during their period, of not saying they continue uh, to do whatever whatever they were doing before they came home. You know, excuse me, before they became incarcerated. They continue to do all these things. And so that's what helped me to say, I no longer, I no longer want to be the drug dealer. I no longer want to be the womanizer. I no longer want to be this. Anything that was bad, I no longer want to be that. And that helped me. So it and while in doing my incarceration, I also had to uh, surround myself around those type of people. Dante, Patrick, everyone who was like-minded, even though I had old friends, relatives who was incarcerated with me on the same yard and everything, I had to be able to say, have the courage to say, I see you, but this, this is a life you are living, but now I have to live this life if I want to go out, come home and be a better person for my community, for my family, for my kids, and for myself. Because I told myself that I never want to leave prison the same way I came in. And so if one do not change their way of thinking, then they will continue to do the same thing. And I don't care how long. I don't think they can do 50 years, 100 years. If they don't change their way of thinking, they'll come out doing being the same way. And I want to add that right there. Thank you so much. Um, do either Patrick or Dante want to speak on that question as well? Yeah, Patrick, go ahead. 
Uh, well spoken, Fahim. I just want to add to that, right? It's a lot of underlying factors because I think your question was too that you said what makes one. I'm just paraphrasing what you're saying, though. You said what makes one uh, uh, go to prison and change compared to those who don't. Is that the gust of what you said? Yeah, exactly. Everything that Fahim said is true, right? And, and, and there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law, right? And the letter of the law is what you read and what you come to understand, but you still have to rationalize and, pr and process it and then put it in your everyday application, right? And so when we say, you know, he had to surround himself, right, of God, like for, for us, I use us for example, right? Once we came to understand that we don't want to live the life that we chose to live to got us incarcerated, we had to figure out and grab something that, that's going to help us change, right? And so when we start praying and start believing something higher than us, right? Hiring ourselves and start understanding, educating ourselves what that is and start understanding how we have to work on our spirit, right? Then we understood what brotherhood is. We had to start, okay, calling each other to the right, you know, take sound counsel with one another. We stay in the circles of learning so we can change. Uh, learning how to get the knowledge from elders, you know, that, that you know, because we, we, we was in a position where we was young men with, with, with elders that had been in prison longer than us, that was already there for 20 years, 30 years, that wanted to impart on us what we trying to impart on the youth today, but they're just as incarcerated, right, and giving us books that had dust on them, telling us to read it and understand what manhood is, what humanity is, what God is, and whatever form he is, but what God, what, because God really is represents good for anybody who, who, uh, has faith in a higher being. He represents good. So when we start understanding God, we start representing the things that was good, and that counteracted what we displayed as young men, which we was immature. You know, so you know, for me, right, it was I got tired. First of all, I was misled by an environment that uh, negativity was embraced. You know, it was a formal. It was like rap music. Just like listen to rap music. The lifestyle was just like rap. Listen to rap music for me. So uh, I had to detox from myself from that thinking and understand that the underlying factor is that that's my criminal thinking. I let my criminal thinking dictate, you know, who I am and my most authentic self. My authentic self is not like that, and I had to find my get back to who I am originally. And so when I start peeling off all these layers and start saying to myself, who do you think you are? Because I always say that, and me, Dante, and, and Fahim, we should say that. Man, who do you think you are? You know, look at yourself. Because uh, all the things that happened to me, it took me a long time. It didn't take overnight for me. It took me a good 15, 16 years to start saying, you know, I, I, what, the lifestyle I'm living, I'm doing it wrong. I'm living wrong. That's why wrong things are happening to me. So I had to take responsibility for everything that impacted my life. I had to take on them and say, hey, you know, it's you. You are your worstest enemy. And then I started looking at what I need to do to improve, who I need to be with. You know what I mean? And thank, thank God and thank Allah that I had people like Fahim, Dante, and, you know, on, 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 who, you know, will grab hold of me and say, hey, man, come on, let's walk. Let's talk about this. Let's read this. Let's go to prayer. Let's go to class. Let's do this. Hey, get in this self-help program. Do this, you know, to counteract what I'm feeling. Because sometimes when you be in pity, that's denial. When you're in pity, that's a form of denial. And that's a form of uh, depression. When you're depression, say you'll go for anything, right? So, 
you know, I hope I answered your question from a psychological standpoint. You know what I mean? So that was that was my uh, way of dealing with it and improving myself. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. That answered the question. And yeah, from a psychological standpoint, what I was thinking while you were speaking is like that this getting back to your authentic self and choosing to kind of forge a completely different path is a decision. It sounds like you have to make every single day in this scenario. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Dante, do you want to add anything to this question? Uh, yes, ma'am. Hopefully I was well spoken. I like that. Uh, change is a process. You'll be born, you'll be born good. You're not born bad. You know, uh, things that we see uh, are criminal thinking, learn behavior. And for me, you know, it's sad, you know, it's sad that we have to, you know, sometimes learn the hard way, uh, go to prison or commit a crime, uh, cause pain, you know, somebody's family, but as yourself, and then get all this time to go to prison and then have to find ourselves. You know, that's, that's sad to me. You just didn't have to take prison to change, but you want to change. And for me, that's what it took for me. You know, I destroyed many, many lives. I want to change my behavior. Uh, and I did because I said to myself, is that what I did is not cool at all. Because obviously, being alive is not cool. And so, if I ever get out of prison, I don't want to get out the same way I can remember. You know, so it was a must that I had to change. You know, but it started with me first. I couldn't read, I taught myself how to read. That was the door opener for me. You know, and a lot of people are scared to come out and say they can't read, you know, but I wasn't. So once that opened the door for me, I became a Muslim probably six years after I've been in prison. And I had got that spiritual guide. And a lot of us don't have that spiritual guide. And when we have that spiritual guide, it, it does something. To, it, it, gives, it gives you a blueprint of life. And it makes you look at your life. And that's what I did. And, and the things that I've learned, you know, with Fahim Hamlet and the other brothers, uh, it, it was it was it was heartfelt. And so I said to myself, I need to stay focused, I need to change, and if I don't change, I'll be in prison for the rest of my life. Because like I said, I didn't like who I was as a person growing up, but it took me to sit down and get 40 through the life to really realize that and people out there on the streets today. They're moving fast, you know, so they don't have time to sit down and think about, okay, I need to, I need to start doing something different. And see, and when we don't, and we, and we, and we don't see that, we continue to commit crimes, we continue to just run around with our head cut off, you know. But like I said, again, it's sad, you know, that we have to go to the extremes, you know, and cause all this pain for some of us to realize, you know, that we need to change. And, and, and then on top of that, some people do all this time and don't change. You know, that's the sad part. You know, but what we what, what we as a people is missing the spiritual guide. You know, we really miss the spiritual guide. I mean, because it's sad because a lot of families don't even pray no more. A lot of families don't even invest their food. You know, tell their parents that they love them. I mean, so we need to get back to that because, like I said, we're not born bad. We're born good. And so, if you want to change, and if you want to first, well, let me say this: first, you have to recognize you got a problem. So if you don't recognize you got a problem, you ain't going to change. You're going to be in denial probably for the rest of your life until you say, you know what, Dante, I got a problem. 
I can look at myself and say, you know, I got a problem. I need to change my way of thinking. You know, so it starts with oneself first and say, hey, I want to change. You know, so hopefully, like I say, hopefully, things that we're saying today, hopefully somebody listening, somebody say, you know what, man, them guys are right. Maybe I do need to sit back, you know, and realize, you know, how my life is going, what direction I want my life to go in. You know, but first, we have to understand self first. If you don't understand self first, then guess what? You're going to be reckless for a very, very long time. Thank you so much. We have some love in the chat, thanking you all for your vulnerability. Um, yeah, so I want to, and I'll just give everyone the opportunity to answer this question again, but I want to hear um, more about, so now we've learned a lot about all of your personal journeys, um, so where you are today, um, which we really appreciate. So I want to hear a little bit about 100 Years Enterprise LLC and Motivated to Help Others and kind of the work that you're all doing today with the youth and with the community um, to help um, help them build skills if they're re-entering society or maybe even doing prevention work. Um, just anything that anyone wants to share about the work that you're doing today. Yes, yes. Uh, I will start with, I will start with uh, 100 Years Enterprise. 100 Years Enterprise is about three men. I will say three young men because we had to be three young men before we became who we are, that received collectively 100 years on our sentence, and we did 100 years. And so we came together with our genuine thoughts, beliefs, and understanding of how we want to use our words, our experiences, our hands, and to give back to a society, to a community, uh, to people that has been misled like we were, that uh, has suffered from so many uh, alternate lifestyles uh, with disease, hearts, and with all type of um, different diseases and um, negative transformations that we had made and we see people still making today, beginning with ourselves and with the youth. And so we told ourselves, you know, if we want to um, exemplify change, then we have to be hands-on. And so we decided uh, to come together and put the podcast together. So we can talk about those who are effectively, effective mentally, because when you do, when you do a long list and stays of incarceration, your mind is altered uh, so many ways, you know, we can go on and about it. And one thing about incarceration, you come out, you have to really make a true transformation within yourself and within that mind because many of us have been on the pitfalls of disaster. Jump, um, we lost so many, you know, we, we took lives, but we also lost a lot of people um, around us. And we've been, a, we, we have dealt with neglect and abandonment. And that's one of our topics of our podcast. And so during the incarceration, when you're dealing with so much neglect and abandonment and trying to find your true self, your authentic self, and become vulnerable to express who you are. And when we were able to find out who we are during that time, so when we came home, it just fit perfectly. You know, we um, had some situations to where we were welcome in, a uh, place called Cold Bears, they welcomed, in, welcomed us in as guests on the show, The Dark Network. And so once we spoke, the people who uh, spoke with us, they said, listen, you guys know too much. 
you guys have a lot, you know, with with the side you can give to the community. And so we took we took heed of that and said, okay, and this is what we're about to do. And here we are today, the podcast. I'm gonna let Dante and Patrick go in and also about it. Go ahead, um... I apologize. I'll have in a moment, man. Um, I was listening to you talk, Fahe, and I was reflecting on when she asked the question about why we formulated 100 years. Um, when you described how much time we did, how much time we did in our sentences, it never was promised that we was going to come back. But uh, to answer your question was that, you know, um, I really, when I went to prison and I met these guys, I, I knew Dante before in juvenile hall when we went to Byron. And I met Fahim, I think, in, in passing, I think like 86, 85. But we spent collectively together like 25 years in prison together off and on. So we know each other through and through. And they've seen me in times where I was broken. And, um, Shattered, broken, uh, uh, suicidal, um, uh, and, and 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 they gave me the correct, um, um, I should say, prescription. And the prescription was knowledge and love and past compassion to help me understand that we're going to get through this. So when you asked the question about you know, why we formulate this is because uh, without that, you know, we have a lot of men of color, right? In general, all men, young men who chose uh, out of the, sometimes out of necessity to join, to get into criminal activity, right? And lead them down a path that is so destructive that, you know, you be thrown away. And so, um, uh, uh, and, I'm, and, and when I speak, of, I'm more so into the psychological makeup of the situation. I'm into the po politics of it. What I mean by the politics, how the court system does us, how the, 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 the judges, how they give us these uh, sentences that's like impossible to do. Um, and how the attorneys and the DAs and how they uh, monopolize on human uh, carnage to me, you know, so. Uh, I, my mind went back to all those all those things that took place in my life, and I shared it with them as well. And they went through similar uh, situations as young men, and we came out and you know uh, figured out, hey, we need to we need to you know we have a platform where we can really talk about who better to talk about these type of issues than us who's went through those process and got educated and understand our underlying uh, uh, determining factors such as uh, criminal thinking that surrounds criminal thinking that surrounds denial, our denial patterns, you know, uh, our, our, you know, our depression, you're dealing with depression, dealing with uh, abandonment, you know, so it's deep because once we got out and we realized we made it out and we able to come together and formulate a platform where we can talk about serious issues, underlying issues that society doesn't talk about in the whole, you know, everything is glamorized, you know, but underneath the belly of it, it's a lot, it's a lot more, uh, 
uh, hurtful things going on. Or should I say, uh, you know, uh, homelessness and all these things that's, you know, depicts a rap video or anything of that nature, right? And so our youth get caught up in that, you know what I mean? The fascination, the, fa the, the fascination of it, you know? And so for me, man, 100 years represents coming back and giving them, helping them get back to their authentic self. And who better to talk about it than those who already, the way you're going, we already been. And we thank God we made it back to tell you, hey, it ain't all what you kicked it to be. I've been in those moments. <laughs> I know what you think. I know what you're feeling. You know what I mean? When you, before you make that left, don't you think about making that right turn? Because the left is going to lead you down a path that you go, you know, that you might not get back from, you know? So, uh, it's, uh, and I don't want to waste too much time on this. I just try to find a word that's impactful. It's, um, it's a passion of mine as well as a responsibility for me to show really what is, what does art, this, what does rehabilitation look like? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is, this is what it looks like. And so that's where my passion lies. And that's why we formulated Honey Years uh, Enterprise, which is, you know, directed by the podcast. And we can talk about all these elements. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Dante, you want to go ahead? Uh, yes. Like Fahim said, uh, you know, we just fighting stuff with this called COVID. That's when we did our first podcast. We didn't think, you know, we could take this far of what we did. I mean, but I guess once we did a few podcasts, we just realized that you know, we had a lot of information that we could share. share with you. So, I don't know who came up with a hundred years. I don't know who's fighting, but I can't But we based it off the time, you know, that we all speak in prison. So for a hundred years, I speak in my lab, 31. By me, 30. You know, so we got close to good for a hundred years. And, but for me, it all, it, you know, it, 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 it's a passion for me to give back once I found it here. Transmission back into society too. A hundred years gave me an outlet. Gave me an outlet to really be effective with these outlets. So, it's one of my passions is gave me an outlet so to give these interviews we can and to share the information uh, that we had in our experience that we. That we went through, you know, prison as and as a youth growing up on the street, you know, for a hundred years. I mean, it means it means a lot. What I mean by that, I mean it's real broad. But we're not just talking to the kids. We're also talking to the parents. We're also talking to the elders. We're also feeding the homeless. Like Patrick said, there's so much homeless out here. It's just ridiculous. And so we want to hit, try to hit every area that we possibly can. Try to identify what's going on out here in the street. You know, so 100 years, it's not about, it's about the youth. It's, 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 it's a long thing of, of the life, so especially, especially mental health. When we want to continue to, you know, to push this. We want to continue to, to open people's eyes about what 100 years is about. Because you want to prison, it, it, it's not a joke. I mean, this is serious. Going to prison. And it can, and it can you know, mess you up psychologically. I mean, once upon a time, I thought about prison. 
you know, but I had to fight and fight and fight. She was afraid of my high policy to a lie, to give me the strength, you know, to, to make it up out of prison. If one day I'll make it up out of prison. So he wanted to convey this message for 100 years to let people know that, hey, change your life. Because if not, you know, it's a lot of things go with, go with, go with, go with prison. Not just, okay, I can go to prison, kick your body and cell phone and that. So it's a lot goes on. Like a lot, you know, homosexual, homosexuality. I mean, you know, people get afraid. You know, so we want to be able to share these, you know, with the, not just the beast, but the entire world if we, if we can. You know, so like I said, a hundred years been very, very popular, very impactful. We want to be impactful to the community, we want to be impactful throughout the world. That's one of our goals. Thank you so much, Dante. Um, Anya wants to come on the mic and say something real quick before she has to leave. Hi, you guys. Um, so I just wanted to say just thank you so much because as hard of a life that you guys have had in the years that you spent in jail for pretty much most of your life, I think that it's really inspiring for a lot of people because, you know, this system is meant for, you know, for us to fail, for you guys to fail. So, you know, the years that they gave you, knowing, you know, they wanted you to come out, not do anything with your life, you know, to come right back in. So for you to beat that and you're here now to this day and you're doing what they said you couldn't do, I think it's just like, you know, it makes me reflect on like how just strong Black people, how strong we are and the things we endure and we still, you know, prevail, we still succeed. So, you know, I just want to say thank you in life by the grace of God, like this is where you are now. So although life was hard, like this, this is something to be proud of. So I, I hope that you guys are, even if you are still struggling till this day, because this is still, you know, like this was your entire life, that I hope you're proud of yourselves because you should be, because this is something that honestly, it's unimaginable. And a lot of people, they can't come out of that situation and be mentally okay and just go right back in. So I hope you guys are popular. And I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you, Anya. So we have about 10 minutes left. Um, I want to give everyone in the audience um, who wants to do the opportunity to ask our guests any questions or give any appreciations. Oh, come on. This has been a great conversation to uh, hear from you all, hear your journey, your story. And like I dropped in the chat that you all need to be in schools. You need to be in law enforcement, anybody that went through those systems and really reshaping what that rehabilitation process looks like. Because everybody don't go in and... Yeah, yeah and get acclimated and try to figure out what can they do as their business plan when they get out. And so for you all to be able to do that and then manifest, bring it to life and just have the grit, self-determination is amazing. Because my theory is if you didn't go to jail for like rape or something sexual or uh, like a Michael Myers type of murder, somebody that just want to kill people, and you went to jail for survival of the fittest, pretty much being out in the street life. It's kind of like the code of the streets. My grandmother used to tell all of her grandsons that, and she told her sons, like, if you live by that, you're gonna die by that, unless you decide to change. And so, and so I just really, uh, yeah, like I couldn't imagine sitting in jail for 43 years, like, um, 
I know pretty, a lot of people my age can't imagine sitting in there for a month. So <laughs> for you all to be able to do it and come out with such willpower, self-determination, and also we have this new group of youngsters that are pretty much unwilling to participate in society and they don't even have marks. And so for you to have marks and still to go out there and get it, like look at Dante, he's at work, like doing, <laughs> he's at work and people be like, I can't get that job. Like, why can't you go and get, get apprenticeship and, and get contracted? Why can't you, if this brother did 43 years life right. and he's out there making a way for himself and don't have to ask exactly. nobody for help. But we still got some people stand on their mama's couch that don't have no marks. So we got some work to do in our community. And I'm glad to see that you guys have came out and to dedicate y'all lives to doing the work to inspire that lost generation of knuckleheads. So yes. Yeah. Thank you. We motivated. We motivated. <laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. Um, April has a question in the chat. What can we do as a community to help men and women coming out of prison or incarceration um, to help acclimate back into society? You want to answer that for him or you want me to answer? Go ahead. Um, for one, we have to align ourselves with our communities, first of all. And we got to get to the heart of the problem, right? And if our youth is the problem, then they're a reflection of us. We understand what their issues are. You know what I mean? Because we all... It's similar to what we've been through. It's nothing really changed. It's just time. But I can say this, you know, in our walk, right? We've been through it all. So now when we come back and we're able to go in a room, say this juvenile hall, just say we go public speaking at juvenile hall. I wouldn't talk to them from a stage. I would get down there and sit right around all of them and say, I was in his place with you. I just, this is a different time frame. I was just right here in the same institution. So whatever your thoughts is, whatever thought provoke you to do negative acts, I've been there. And I'm telling you, it led me. It led me do 30 years. And I'm saying I'm one of the few men that made it back. I said in Washington prison that many men have died in prison. You know what I mean? Uh, from heart failure, from cancer, from AIDS, you know what I mean? For whatever it is, it was a blessing that God preserved us and allowed us to come out healthy. So most people don't have that. I've seen watch ailments, legs get cut off and everything based on just sitting in prison. So, you know, what I was part on the youth is that there's a better way. And I can explain to you why, you know what I mean? Based on my decisions in my life, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't considered a bad kid in my family. You know, it was shocking when I caught my uh, case, which was a, a murder. I was an aide and a better. I was with somebody that did the murder. You know what I mean? Just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, my hands weren't totally clean, but I was there, so they I was just as guilty as the person claimed they had did the murder. So, you know, it just come down to decisions, and then you got to impart on what that is. You know, and I think we were equipped to share and talk to them in the same language that they, you know, share with, e with each other's peers. We can speak that language to them. You know? Yeah, I think that's uh, important. Yeah. I think that's important. Like the... Uh... Speak the language people can understand. I mean, because because if somebody with a you know, PAG or whatever try to you know, talk to somebody before they go to prison or when they get out of prison, I don't think they'd be receptive to it like somebody like that, you know, talking to them. I mean, because we actually, you know, been through it and we can show 
you know, discard and you can show the success, you know, both sides. So, uh, but before that happened, one has to, you know, come to realize within themselves, you know, that they want that they want to change, uh, and that they want to stay out here and do the right thing. Because this is my motto is this: I tell everybody this. If I can do it, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because I thought, like I said, I couldn't read. So, in what my academic level uh, growing up, shout out. I mean, third grade, fifth grade education. So if I can, you know, go to prison and get out and make a decision to say, you know what, I need to stay on the right track, anybody can do it. I mean, because like I said, I looked at myself, uh, I didn't have very high standards. My self-worth was very low. And I made it through, though. You know, so which one is better to be able to guide the people that's getting out of prison better than us? Us, because we went through it all the way. Even all the ones that's trying to get into it. I mean, so we can share a lot of knowledge to let them know that, hey, it's a better way. But look at us. We are, I mean, we all out here doing good. I mean, we ain't, you know, we, we're not doing what we want to be, but we're not struggling either. And we're making a way for ourselves. And we're paving the way for those behind us that's, that's coming. And so if we can, you know, continue to do the work and our progress is being, it's, it's, it's being positive and it's getting us, it's getting us, it's getting us down the right road or staying on the right road, staying on the straight path. Come on, you know, we welcome you, you know, you know, to follow because we got good knowledge uh, and our surroundings. I mean, we're around good people. Yep, I want to add with that. Go ahead. Oh, if they want it, you got it to get yeah. it. Yeah. And also, when you say, uh, how can we help? men and women coming from incarceration. I believe that when we are released from incarceration, when we go back to our same communities, programs need to be set up for those coming home. Because I know when I went back to my community, when I left, we had a teen center that was torn down. Nothing replaced the teen center where we can go and talk you know, to the adults, uh, to the community so we have to wrap so when people come home we can't look at them from afar we have to embrace them understand what they went through embrace them and find out the needs of the people coming home we know people need transportation we don't need clothing and then you know we're going to need food they're going to need employment a lot of people gonna need a place to um lay their heads and go to sleep a lot of men and women are not gonna wanna come home and sleep on the couch of their parents of anyone else. So I believe we need to have things set up as a whole, as a community, what's gonna be towards um, helping people as they come home with open arms so we can arms around them, so we can embrace these people, these human beings as they come home. We don't, we don't wanna be look at them as um, subhuman. Because all the time we go to different places, they look at us funny. You know, you this, you that, based on, you know, the stereotype and the stigma of being incarcerated. And I just wanted to add that. Patrick, go ahead. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to say, and I'm going to be real brief. I just want to say that's the lane that I'm really going into, providing consultation for returning citizens, Right and a re-entry book and as well as consultation for the families that's embracing us. Because when you come home, right, 
and you've been gone 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and you have a wife, a mother, a sister, a brother, an uncle, a niece, or whatever who's taking you in after you get out of your Because I came home, I didn't go to reentry hub. I came home straight to my wife. So the psychological effects of that, dealing with a household, dealing with her, and getting to know each other through that, it's, it could be stressful. Not, you know, good thing for me and her, we laugh about it because we know each other all our life. But I want to provide consultation for not only for the, the returning citizen, but for the families that's enduring that because they're doing a service for the community by taking us in. Because if they didn't take us in, that'd be, you know, set that uh, returning citizen up for failure. So, you know, I'm reviving that. I'll get in contact with Dwayne Atkins about that, let me know. I'm working on that right now. It's coming real soon. That's what I'm going to be into, providing that service. Right. Can I say one thing before we end? Of course. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I just want to say, you know, it's, it's, it's not all about us as well, you know, getting out of prison and, and doing good and giving that. You know, we also can't forget about you know, the people that we victimize. So uh, we also in the process of, of trying to bridge that gap. Talk, you know, talk to the either victim's family or you know, friends of the victim, you know, that we victimized because see, they'll look at us and say, okay, y'all did y'all time, y'all out of y'all doing good, but what about me? What about what you did to me? So we can't forget about them. And that's something else that uh, we have in the, uh, in the process of uh, doing is connecting with the victim and letting them know, you know, and share, you know, letting them know that we're sorry, uh, you know, that we victimized, you know, yourself or your, you know, your family members. So because we don't want them to look at us and say, hey, you know, I'm still out here suffering. I'm still feeling the pain that you created. So we are. So we're trying to bridge that gap as well, too. Right. Yes. Uh, in regards to that, I started a docuseries called Voices of the Unheard Tears. And that's about women being able to express their deep um, insights and feelings and understand how hard it feels or what they go through when they lose. A lot. Uh, we did the first shooting last month. We have another one coming up. Um, next week. And so um, that's on my YouTube page, which is motivated to help others, which is nonprofit. I restarted, incarcerated, and just sent Dwayne the pictures. And, uh, but now it's out here. So I use that platform also to give back, uh, talk to the youth, uh, talk to the average youth, the underserved youth in the communities, all the way from Richmond to Vallejo. I use fitness as a foundation to connect with everyone well as mentoring and education so that's the beauty of motivated help others we stay motivated um in our darkest times and we're inside of our happiest times just keep motivating each other to push forward from all races genres creeds and ethnicity and that's about it thank you so much um Dwayne has a final question that he wants yeah. to speak on I don't know if y'all seen it uh, last night on the news, but the little 11-year-old boy that did the strong arm uh, robbery on the Asian guy um, out in San Leandro. Have, um, yeah, and so wow. it's all over the news. And the thing about it is that based on his age and some of the laws that's here, like he might not even have to withstand or go through any like <laughs> any like just consequences uh i would encourage y'all to figure out how could y'all like connect with uh juvenile probation uh juvenile courts and see if 
part of the process to where y'all can grab some of those youngsters and really do some mentoring there and start building out your program there. And really, because it's kind of like, although I work in youth development, if he got put on my caseload, I don't think that I'm necessarily the right person that would be for him. That I'll be calling you guys like, hey, I got this guy. Call us. <laughs> what can we do? But uh, yeah, I would I would just say, because that's sad, just looking at that. And you can tell that it's just based on all of this stuff that's happened between 2020 and up until now with the China virus from our national leader at the time. And it got our youngsters that are misguided out there doing right. some crazy stuff. So. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Patrick, go ahead. You want to speak on that? Yeah. Um, you have in, 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 in that scenario, right, which is so sad because you have two victims. What I mean by that, of course, the initial victim is the Asian American that got harmed. But you have another victim. Imagine yourself being 11 years old. That's the first thing you have to do. That's what I mean by getting back to your authentic self. If you think about you know justice before humanity, you aren't there. If you think about justice, you just gonna think about punishment. But if you think about humanity, you gonna think about what triggered him to do that. And that's when you get to the heart of he his home, his family, you know what I mean? Uh uh uh, uh his psychological makeup, you know, then you will be able to put the pieces together why he did what he did, and then you begin to psychoanalyze, you know, trying to help him find. You know, because maybe he just need a big brother. Uh, he, he may not even have a big brother in his life to guide him. You know what I mean? So he on his own. And I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying we have two victims here. You know what I mean? So just imagine the shame and all that he's getting ready to go through for even doing that to spread all over the news. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely love to be a part of that, you know, to, to sit and... Uh, uh, with that young man and really talk to him and even shed a tear if I have to to get him to understand that, hey, man, you know, whatever's going on, you know what I mean? We're here to help you. We're not an enemy, you know? So I um, thank you for sharing that with me, man. I'll keep a lookout on that because uh, that's so sad, you know? But, uh, yeah, whenever you can use us for those moments, we will be really uh, open for that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what came to my head is just like, what's going on where's the parents where what's this child's situation because right it was just it was just sad altogether it was like and i'm thinking about the the young men in my house the 12 13 year olds like oh wait i let them go out sometime by themselves what if they would have been out and they could have been mistaken picked up as this person or what if they could have been the one that did some harm and like all of these things just went through my head at the same time and i was just sitting here listening to your stories. And I was like, have you guys thought about doing some type, type of connection to really grab those? I call them diamonds in the roughs. They kids that can go left or right. Diamonds in the rough. Right. Terrence, you got your hand up. Come on off the mic, bro. Yeah, first of all, um, thank you for this opportunity. Second, um, I've learned that um, everybody can't be saved. Um, I don't care how many programs you come up with. And I'm off camera because uh, I'm cleaning up. But overall, my opinion to um, 
what everyone is saying is quite useful. But what I mean by everybody can't be safe, you can have all the resources and you can create the time and the space for certain individuals. When a person ready for change, just like most of you all who've done some time, you look within and you, you was blessed and fortunate enough to wake up. They have that epiphany or that aha moment, whichever the case may be. So sometimes you have to take a step back and look at if I can't help this individual, am I going to be depressed to the point where I didn't save one? Because at any given moment, you could only tolerate so much from a person, no matter who they is, whether it's your job, whether it's your woman, um, whether it's any particular thing. So I say that to say that there are always different type of um ways that you can go about reaching the youth when you're talking about consultation brother that that's something that uh, if you're providing for free is different but as a business you know you you deserve to be compensated for your time to help people understand what it's going to take for them to navigate out here and with anybody that's on this panel they already know you can't succeed in life without discipline you can have a goal but without discipline there's no way that you're going to succeed. So when you're trying to reach out to these youngsters, I always feel that in order to establish an understanding with them is to always make them take something apart that you did in front of them and then put it back together. And then you'll know what you're dealing with as far as patience. Then you'll know how much tolerance you have. Then you'll know how you're going to effectively be able to communicate with anybody that you talk to based on you showing the person. So if you're going to open that door up, because you open in a pan box door when you're dealing with anything dysfunctional, once you open that door up, you know, you created that. So you got to nurture that and you got to be open and willing to go all out like Dwayne do with them kids at his youth program. OK, and going all out don't mean you can do it um, just this week, but next week you busy. You got to be able to open that to the point where, you know, you're disciplining yourself to make sure that you're going to see a progress. You're going to see some type of change. So I, if you definitely, um, the brother that talked about consultation, you definitely all for that. I help put you, put you out there on that platform, you know, with what I do. But you, in my opinion, um, go after the um, rappers because that's who the kids is influenced by. It ain't us the ones that was formerly incarcerated, they don't give a damn about us. Why? You ain't got nothing. You ain't on TV. They don't see you in no rap video. They ain't able to see you succeed or what that struggle looks like, them challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis and you process it to the point where you able to make the right decisions. They don't know that yet. So when you make that decision, like I said, you know, Dwayne know how to get in contact with me, or you could just Google me, just that name alone, and attach it to the Close the Deal show, and we can go from there, because I'm all for social impact. I'm all for social reform. I'm all for reentry and social justice, and that's the scenario. Do you want me to respond to that, or are you, I can just take your, I can just take your response and run with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Do you want me to respond to that? Oh, you can if you want, whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm just saying um, you got a supporter over here. So when you talk about when you get all that together, 
Right. You know, uh, I'm right here. And just so you okay. know, I'm not hiding. I'm just cleaning up, brother. Okay. No problem. No problem. All right. No problem. All right. No problem. That's all good. But let me say something to that, what you said. Right? Because that goes back to the that goes back to the point where you say you can't save everybody, right? But you can't save no one if you don't try. So my thing is, is that you know, um, when we look at when we look at the lens of our communities, right? And we look at the youth today, all right, even the youth when we was growing up, and me as a youth, right? Uh, if I would have had somebody pull me to the side, right, and showing me a better way other than what the way the path that was laid out to me. You know what I mean? Then that would have gave me an option to choose. You know what I mean? But when I grew up with all my so-called big homies and all they did was provide me a lane to do negativity, that was, in my mind, as a youth, undeveloped, uncultivated, was to pick that lane. And they had all the trinkets to go along with it. As rappers, the rap game just got big in the last 30 years. It used to be the dope dealers I followed. You know what I mean? And the rappers emulate the dope dealers. Right. So what you said is absolutely true. And so my my goal is to impart on them that they ain't all caked up what it is. You know, what I mean? it's you know, the the vision that you have of your life to do to follow them ain't all what it's caked up to be. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that gray area that they ain't talking about that. All they give you is the flash and the glitter. Let's go underneath that and talk about all the things that they ain't talking about, because I have 100 rappers, only two make it. So let's talk about all that. And that's what I'll provide, the reality of a thing. And then you choose from there. I can't make you do anything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, I will get in contact with you, my brother. And I love you for telling me, you know, the, the, the real about what the challenges for me will be. But I'll accept that challenge. I'm with that. So, yeah, I get in contact with you, Terrence McCray. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, likewise. And um, I don't know if you heard of United Players. But uh, I can I could put um, the executive director on the phone with you because they deal with um, gang prevention. You know, um, they deal with reaching at risk youth. The main point that I was really trying to make is that um, everybody doesn't grow the way other people grow. Like I didn't come to consciousness of understanding who I was as a person until I was sitting in the cell. And then I was able to watch Oprah Winfrey on her show. She had Rosie Perez on there. And Rosie Perez is doing what Dwayne Akers is doing. She was trying to help this young lady succeed in life. And Oprah tried to be able to explain to her, you know, I'll, I'll pay for your education. But she had an attitude where she told Oprah, I don't need your help. I don't need your help. You got one of the richest women in the world. And this was when Oprah's show was on, trying to help her um, overcome whatever she was going through. So when I'm saying, when it comes to um, being able to touch a person where they at, everybody might not be able to comprehend like you and I at our age. So if you able to reach a youth and show them, because all of us learn differently. Some of us learn by reading, some of us learn by reading and being walked through the process, you know, then differently than other people. So these youth today, operate in a whole different manner. So they attitude may want to push you away because you got things to do. And I'm not saying to discourage you in no shape, form or fashion. I'm on parole. I've been out here, okay? And I didn't been in a lot of these organizations, okay? If they want it, just like you wanted your freedom, 
They're going to wake up and look in the mirror and tell themselves, I don't like what I see. I want something different. I don't care how old you are. Okay? It don't make a difference. And I'm not going to bank on the fact that because you 11 years old, what was going through your mind? You've seen somebody else get robbed before. You know how to go get a gun. So there's a lot of things you do already know. And you knew before you picked up that gun what you was doing. You just got caught. The only thing is, is you making everybody and their mama look bad when you black and you robbing an Asian. And here it is. They talking about stop Asian hate. So they exploiting you. That's all I was saying. And then in the case of a lot of these programs that's out here, the biggest example you can do is Google how many nonprofit prevention, violence prevention programs is in your city and see what's, which one is providing the best solutions. Why? Because if you got all these programs trying to do the exact same thing, but ain't getting no results done, then somebody ain't reaching these kids. Hey, can I answer that the last part? Can I answer that last part? I want to come on the last part. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. When we talk about the nonprofits of people, uh, these different organizations, what are they doing inside of communities? I've been home 12 and a half years. I'm the local parole. And uh, so this is what I do. I go to the heart of Richmond, where they got the where they got the drug dealers, where they got those who carry the guns, those who are entrenched, they do without any fear. North Richmond, South Richmond, Central, wherever you are. I see they, they big homeboys, wherever. And so what I realized, what I come to see, not for no third party, just for me going up and talking in these communities and talking to certain guys, is that, no, a lot of organizations, they might have the name or the title of what they're doing, but the key element is to be able to go in the trenches, like we see homeless people, not stand on the outskirts and say, I'm doing this, but be able to go up in there without any fear, without any hesitation or reservation, say, and grab one. You might, it might be a group of five. Look and say, okay, let me, man, what's, what's going on? Can I talk to you? How's your day going? How was school? You know, you guys play sports? And that way, now you create a conversation. So once you start creating a conversation with a dialogue, with a dialogue and then you we start creating trust. You ain't, I hate the police. I'm not coming here. Now I'm not coming here to tell on you. This is what's going on. This is this is who I am. Then we work from there. Cause the process is not easy, but it's a process that practice say that we are willing to take, and it's a challenge that we ain't running from. I just wanted to add that with it. Man, well, can I, this, can I, I come must, up, can hold I, on, Terrence. I must say this has been an awesome, healthy uplifting, motivating conversation. We're, we're winding down. And um, so what I want to do is give each one of you uh, two minutes. To, so Terrence, you can come on two minutes and we'll go around the horn. Any last words? And then we'll close this thing on out. I'll keep the line open if y'all want to dialogue after we shut mm -hmm. the show down. Go ahead, Terrence. It says, I want to give out my information to the brother in Richmond and to the other brother that's uh, going to do consulting because I want to come in the trenches in Richmond um, and be a part of your movement. I'm there every day. That's something. Yeah. Well, I'm in, I'm in LA. So, oh, God, that's I'm, we need to come both ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, exactly. in I'm, in, I'm in LA right now and um, I'm up there 
twice a month because I got to show up in San Francisco. So I definitely would like to sit down with your nonprofit and I come up in the Trishes in Richmond and, um, you know, tap in. Basically, I want to tap in and see what input that I can give. I don't know a lot, but I do know that um, in order for me to be a part of um, any type of social movement, I want to be connected to it. So when it comes yep. to that, I'm definitely all for, um, you know, supporting. So ideally for anyone that's on this panel, however, I could be a resource to you. Don't hesitate. Um, I'm Most never definitely. too busy to um, make a difference. I'm never too busy to make a difference. Yeah. What's your phone? Um, 510-604-3772, 510-604-3772, and the email address is the close the deal show at gmail.com. The close the deal show. The close the deal show. Yeah, the close the deal show at gmail.com. Now, okay. Terrence, you know this gonna be this gonna be put on anchor, so everybody gonna have your telephone number. <laughs> I ain't tripping. Hey, hey I want to say something before 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 y'all go. I, I have to go. I have some uh, business I have to take care of. Uh, Fahim, I'll get the number for Fahim. Terrence McCray, I will be getting in contact with you. Uh, we are a unit, me, Lejean, and um, Dante. So. Yeah. Uh, we probably send you some of our podcasts too, so you can see the elements that we do on a hundred years podcast that we got going on, and we talk about this Absolutely. same. So uh, I just want to say thank you, man. I appreciate the insight, man. I definitely want to rub shoulders with you, man, because it's necessary to reach the youth, man. You know, so uh, 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 I'm gonna I'm go now. But like I say, man, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. And Dwayne Atkins, this was beautiful. I want to come on again. You know, I want to keep doing it till we get it right. You know, just like remixing the CD. We yeah, this your, this your right. second, right this your second time and this this Terrence, well, like fourth time guest commentary. You know? Well, we need to be the 25th <laughs> time. Well, you know, we gonna go keep them coming. This was great. So, uh, Fahim, you want to kick them out and let the people know about all of the places they can find you on social media? Yes, yes. Um, again, motivated with the number two, help others. You can Facebook. Motivated Help Others be on Instagram, whether it's YouTube, and I have Motivated Help Others, which is my website.org. And with the podcast, we have the Honey Prize. So on YouTube, whether it's Instagram, and we're in the process of completing the website by next week. That is awesome. Again, I just want to thank our guest, Founders 100 years enterprise llc and motivated to help others we appreciate your time passion yes, expertise sir. as always we are thankful to share this space with you all you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube you can also find us on instagram we the scenario podcast we lead ours mentoring on the fly and thank you guys again join in uh having great dialogue keeping it real and remember, everybody, it's important to refine your authentic self so you can walk through life happy and feeling good and knock down those walls and not go around angry. Everybody have yes, a great Thank you very everybody have a Thank great day much. and a great upcoming weekend. All right. Thank you.